Hello, hello, 6 a.m. run community, 6 a.m. run family, runners, everyone out there, obviously community first and foremost, you guys are really awesome. You know, I start every podcast with a gratitude to our community and everyone that's loved the show and it continues to grow an audience. And you guys know we are brought to you by 6amrun.com. If it wasn't for that, 6amrun.com, as you guys know, I'm Hami and CEO founder of that, but it is what allows us to bring you this podcast you know, now we're up to three episodes a week because of our community. So again, that's why I'm so gratuitous and I'm very thankful for all of you. I don't want to waste any time in getting to Dr. Grace, our next guest. And Dr. Grace doesn't know my style, but I always say you are your best hype man or hype woman. So please, if you could introduce yourself, tell us a little bit of a bio and let's get right into Dr. Grace, why I asked you to be on the show. If you have some time for us. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. And I am love, love, love being able to contribute to an athletic community. I was the first Olympic level with gymnast in the state of Wisconsin. And oh, wow. then I parlayed that into my first professional water skiing career, which I did through college. So I worked at SeaWorld in San Diego, Cypress Gardens in Florida. I won the world championships in 1993 doing that. Wow. And when I was a kid, I earned the right to go to the Olympic Training Center in Colorado Springs, Colorado. And so my background as an athlete then evolved into my current status as a doctor now. So my geeky scientist and my athlete have merged. (laughs) And I am now, I'm a chiropractor, functional medicine, integrative medicine, and food specialist doctor. Oh man, that's a lot. Now, let me ask you this, as a former athlete, because I am nowhere near your level of expertise, but I did play sports growing up and I got to the college level. Do you attribute the athlete and competitiveness in you? You know, I feel like one of the things that runners say to themselves, right? Like I do a three mile, I do a 5K, I do a 10K. It kind of never is enough, right? So then you go, now there's things that are out there like ultra marathons, right? Like because runners continue to take it to that next level. Do you think all these titles and these facets of the community that you've went in and mastered, is that just because you're like, all right, what's next, what's next, what's next because of your athletic competitiveness? I think my journey was really different because it's such a unique sport. You know, rhythmic gymnastics wasn't really part of anyone's awareness. Like running is something that anyone can do and has been doing for a really long time, right? And so there's a lot of information about it and there's a lot of community and there's a lot of support. And I was a lone wolf, (laughs) you know? So some of, I think the reasons that I moved forward in the sport the way that I did is because first of all, it was just fascinating to me meeting the people that I met and seeing that there's this whole world of people that think like I do and that like to do the stuff that I do, like, you know, like the circus, you know, like, oh my God, these are my people, right? So I think that was more of my drive. And I just really just enjoyed and loved what I did. I I never felt like I wasn't on a team sport, so much Mm -hmm. like a runner. You know, you're in your own body, in your own mind. You know, if you screw up, it's because you did it. You don't have a guy behind you that can pick up the ball for you, right? It's your thing. So my motion forward and my entry into the sports that I did was basically twofold. One, it was the community base because they're both such rare and bizarre sports. I mean, how many professional water skiers do you know that build pyramids with people? You know, I mean, it's just, (laughs) once you find that, you're like, okay, you kind of find your tribe. And then the other thing that kept me going is that it just felt natural to do it. You know, I didn't feel like I needed to get to the next mark. I just did. 
Right. You know, so as I was improving myself and I was, I was learning more as I was being trained by better coaches, you know, people who knew what they were doing more than reading out of a book and trying to learn as we go, you know, anytime I got exposed to more excellence, I became more excellent. So it was that it was more the inspiration of seeing what I'm capable of that I didn't even know I had mm-hmm. because every, I was still learning. I wow. think that's more of what it is more so than like, because I don't, I have to be completely honest with you. I don't have the kind of mindset for what you were talking about. I'm like, okay, I just ran five miles. Now I'm going to do 15. I'm like, no, no, thank you. (laughs) Running and I are just, we've never been really good friends. I would rather like jump rope or be on a mini trampoline or be upside down. You know, like these are just things that have inspired me, but the running world and what an impact it has on people's health is so inspiring and so amazing. So I commend you for your 6am runs. I do. Listen, I think that what you're saying, though, I think a lot of us, right, stretching, there's always going to be things that no one likes to do and people are annoyed doing it, right? Good point. Yes. And for us, like for me, a lot of runners will tell you. So for me, I love running. I also more so love the feeling after, but part of running includes some weight training a little bit, especially to get those longer miles in. You need to have some better, you know, physical attributes. And part of that is weight training. I hate that. And then stretching, right? Recovery and making sure you do some pre and post stretching. It's long, boring and hard for me and probably why I I avoid it. And see, that's where we flip flop with one another. (laughs) You know, like I'll do the stretching all day long and you can go running all day long. It will will be like the perfect match. Right, right, right. Yeah. (laughs) yeah. So everyone has the things that they for sure hate. You know what I mean? I know we're short on time and I was running a little late and I want to respect your time. So I want to kind of get into you, again, have such a vast array of topics that you help clients with. We're going to get into your site and your passion and a a business that you built out of your passion. And again, 20 plus years in, in this field. What are, you talk a lot in your bio about diet, nutrition. I'm going to kind of put it all into one with gut and optimal gut. Do you promote vegan, vegetarian? What is your basis, if you don't mind getting into it? If a client reaches out to you, do you go by what the client likes? What's your kind of nutrition basis and your thoughts on nutrition? I know that's one of your first couple of bullets in your bio. Sure. I love this question because it is the basis of what I do and frankly, who I am, honestly. you know, And this does tie back to one of my first experiences at the Olympic Training Center. When we showed up there, there's a slew of chefs that was making food for us. And it was the first time I'd ever been exposed to like gourmet food, right? And it was so delicious. But I understood though that it was being prepared very specifically for us to have optimal athletic performance, right? For either repair or, you know, optimal output. And we learned that at a very young age. I was like 14 or 15, I think. And then we also had classes there and and they told us there were two things that stuck with me since I was that age. One, they said that in 10 years from now, 5% of the foods you eat haven't even been invented yet. Wow. And that just blew my mind. And when you think about it, it's totally true. It's still true to right. this day. Look at all the power bars. Look at all the different kinds of drinks and waters. Look at all the snacks and you know, like all this stuff that wasn't even in existence 10 years ago, right? So now we take that and then compound that with the other thing that they told us, which was from Jack LaLanne, the old G mm-hmm. of, of fitness, yeah. right? <laughs> Who said, if God didn't make it, don't eat it. And it's those two things that kind of stuck with me. And, and that has 
been sort of that foundation for where I, I focused my career in the science part now of food, right? So when a client comes to me and they need a specific outcome, whether it's to become healthier for athletic peak performance, to survive cancer, to you know repair after a heart attack, to stop postpartum depression, you know, there's all kinds of things that people come and ask about. And you know, it goes back to the same principles. And this is why I'm starting my, I'm a founder and it's start for a tech startup right now too. And it's called Food Fixer. Mm-hmm. And what I'm doing is what I'm basically been doing on a private scale. We're, we're making this into a, a public access kind of a situation where you give me your condition. And then you also tell me what kind of ways you like to eat. You're asking, you know, do I recommend keto or paleo, you know, whatever the case may be. You tell us your condition, how you're eating now, any allergies or things that you just hate, right? If you hate it, you're not going to eat it, right? And we spit out a grocery store list of the exact foods that you need to help you repair from wherever you are most nutritionally depleted. So every condition has a situation that will deplete your system in some way right? If you had a heart attack, you have to build up your cardiovascular system, right? Um, If you had cancer, you have to build up your immune system and you have to help with anti-inflammatory stuff. There's all these things that we've designed. And so the way that I approach food is I look at people where they're at first. Okay. So when you come to me, we do a food journal, see where you start, see what kinds of things are going into your body already, Mm -hmm. right? Documenting it all. You got to do that. Yep. Yeah. When I can get that objective data, then we can look at tweaking things to help you to amplify your body for most optimal output, right? And generally what that requires is eliminating trans fats, excited toxins, corn, sugar, and GMOs. Mm -hmm. Because as it stands right now, this is no joke. Every 36 seconds, somebody in the United States dies of a cardiovascular event. Mm -hmm. Every 36 seconds. Yeah. And we are now past the 40% mark for obesity in our country. Yeah. If what we were doing is working, these things wouldn't be rising and getting worse. This is not just a disease crisis. This is a food knowledge crisis. Obesity, diabetes, heart disease, cancer. The top four killers in modern medicine have one thing in common. They are all preventable and potentially reversible just by eating the right food. Yeah. Unfortunately, Many of the foods we eat have toxins in them and people don't even know it. And they don't know how to read labels and look at the fact that you should always look at the ingredient list first. That I don't care what the other macros are. It doesn't matter. You can have a McDonald's burger or you can have a grass-fed burger with the same macros and the same things that you would see in, say, MyFitnessPal. But obviously, the kinds of nutrients that you get from one and what it's doing to our country like the actual countryside <laughs> to our earth, right, is completely different from one product to the other. So that's what Food Fixer is doing. That's what I'm doing as a practice. And that's how I approach food with my clients too, is gaining the optimal ingredients to get the optimal nutrient value, meaning the vitamins, the minerals, the, the herbs, the, the ecosystem for your gut, you know, the microbiome, all these things. And combining them in a way that specifically helps to heal your body or give you peak performance. Love it. Love it. And then go back kind of to like the gut, like digestion wise though, like 
Do you still have some kind of recommendations? Because one of the things I know as I get older, I struggle with like, am I having kids, one that's 14, a teenager and one that's six, the jealousy of me, it's not so much metabolism, but it's just the, the, I feel like the ability that food I think can digest through them faster. And I'll give you an example. Like I do love steak. I do love, you know, some bad foods. I'm not going to lie. Right. But I also hate the feeling after, right. You can tell my body's not digesting it fast. You can tell it made me lethargic and bogged me down. Right. Now I probably, while I'm saying that to you, everyone's probably like, well, duh, just stop eating it. But that's a discussion for another day. But what are your thoughts? Because I mean, I'm I'm sure I'm not the only person whose body, again, I, I don't think it's a metabolism thing. I just think it's for sure a digestion thing as you get older. Is that kind of what you see? Sure. And one of the things that I can start with first and foremost, you know, having a steak is not bad. Having a steak from an animal though, that has been overly produced, completely manipulated and horrifyingly treated for its entire lifetime will make sure that it has all the cortisol that it's ever made will now be in its tissue that you're going to be eating now too. So you're going to have those stressor markers and all that other stuff. So I'm not anti-animal, okay? But what I am is that animal should only ever see one bad day. Right. You need to vote with your money. You cannot go and get food products. And then this is for animal products or any others for that matter that come from places that are not sustainable because that will have a huge impact on how you digest as well, the cleanliness of the food, right? So that's one thing. Next, how are you combining the food? Because this is one thing that people don't really have an understanding of very much. And I see this a lot. So if you have your steak, you're probably having like steak frites, which is right, my right. favorite. Everything with it, yeah. Okay, well, then you're not going to digest. And here's why. <laughs> it's all about acidity and alkalinity and the pH balance kind of situation. So when you eat a starchy potato or a starchy vegetable or starch like rice, bread, potato, pasta, right? Any of these things, the way it's broken down in your body is you need to have more alkaline or bile, right? Sure. When you're eating an animal product, you need more acid to break down the tendons, the ligaments, the, you know, the, the meat of the, of the animal. Now, when you're looking at a pH scale, right? That's acid on one side and alkaline on the other. And right smack dab in the middle is the number seven from zero to 14 is the pH scale. Seven is neutral. Well, when you have a heavy acid and a heavy alkaline, you add them together, they neutralize each other out. Now nothing's being digested. So it's taking forever to get through your tract because you didn't separate them so that your gut can deal with each one on its own way. Right. So that's one thing. Or second thing, I guess, get the clean food first. Second, combine your foods properly. Then third, do you have the microbiome with the enzymes and the probiotics in it to help you facilitate the digestion that you need? So that's a huge one. Avoiding corn, avoiding sugar, and not doing too much to the dairy because that all you know wreaks havoc on, on the tight junctions in the gut and stuff and creates leaky gut, which has gives you less propensity to have the nutrients that are necessary and the constituents necessary to break down those nutrients. Mm -hmm. So as we progress through time, you've done more damage by just eating what you want when you want. And just like your kids are doing right now. Right. So what you have to do is make sure you're getting lots of alkaline foods, make sure you're getting super clean foods, making sure you're getting your probiotics and prebiotics in real live format, not just by pills and making this a lifestyle. And once your gut 
is really stabilized more, that means your brain is too, because that brain access is 100% a real thing. And in fact, this is a crazy fact too, and most people don't know, 70 to 80% of your immunology and your neurology is in the gut. So when you feel like you, you when you eat something, you feel like all tired and stuff, well, right. you're actually affecting your immune system and your neurology too. Wow. So watch that food combining, watch how much acidic foods you're eating, make sure you're having more alkaline ones and get those probiotics up. And that'll help that quite a bit. Wow. I love hearing that. And let's, you know, as we kind of continue and looking at this, we just kind of discussed that clean eating. So you, you went there. Yeah. Let me ask you this. I'm, I'm good. Are, are anything else you want to mention on nutrition? Cause I, I do also, one of the things we talked about stretch and recovery, where you said that's your expertise and it is, that's my next kind of question, but did we miss anything mm-hmm. on nutrition that maybe you want to say that I didn't ask? No, I think we got it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and now that next part, because the next bullet is I'm going just again, and guys, I'm, I'm, she has such, I will, and we'll put her links to bio profiles, all that stuff for Dr. Grace is, this is an amazing, you know, wealth of knowledge that you provide. And it's great that you kind of are now helping people and, and everything, but let's get to, you have an advisory section for best medical devices for injury repair. There, yes. Do you also do injury prevention? Let's now talk runners. Yeah. So let me back up a little bit to, and I'm sure you already know this running for me is my meditation, right? So if you tell yeah. me that, Hey, your foot probably shouldn't you're because of an ankle injury or because of a thigh strain or something, you probably should not run today. I'm going to, I know this sounds crazy and I probably shouldn't say this out loud on a podcast. I'm going to tell myself, can I get away with it? And if so, I'm going to go do it. Right. Because for me, if I don't get that kind of meditation, that centering, it's a North star for me of sorts. Right. Mm -hmm. I'm angry. I'm moody. This is where I get to release stress to be a better father, everything. So tell me about your guide to this injury repair and, and injury focus and staying as optimally healthy as possible on a physical aspect. Now, not just nutrition wise. Right. Well, well, this is, you know, the crown jewel of athletics, right? If you can repair faster and you can stay in that state of repair, you are the winner, period. You right. know, there's teams of people. I mean, I've worked directly with the, the guys that were the, part of the medical team for the Tour de France, you know, and that is a grueling long distance race that involves a lot of wear and tear during the day. And then you come in and you repair at night and you go back out and do it again. Right. And basically that's what you're doing as a runner. You know, um, a statistic that I heard from a study like years ago that said that a serious marathon runner, because of how much oxygen you're bringing in and, and carbon dioxide out through your breathing can cause almost as much free radical damage as somebody who smokes a pack of cigarettes a day in your lungs because of free radical damage. So if you're not doing things to mitigate that, yeah, I see your eyes right now going, oh my God. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I mean, if you're not doing something to mitigate that and to give your body the restoration and the restorative nutrients, you're not going to be able to keep going. Your body at one point is just going to say, you're done, dude. Just go sit the fuck down. that's all you've got left, you know? So that's what this stuff is about that. I just, I, this is like one of my happy places too. I love this stuff because I'm so confident on its outcome because I've seen it over and over and over again with the highest of high profile athletes and professionals to celebrities, to a little girl who I was able to show her parents that she could talk by doing some of the things that she wasn't able to do before, you know? And that's, 
it's just so empowering to have this kind of technology available to us. Things such as cold laser therapy. This one was a game changer for me. You know, the repair factor, and you have to make sure you have the right frequency because there's a lot of different kinds of light therapies out there. You know, it could be LED, which is light emitting diode, or it could be a true laser, which actually stands for light amplification by the stimulated emission radiation. So, and then you have to have the right frequency in 635 nanometers in order to repair. If it's a different frequency than that, it can actually cause more bacterial growth and decrease your ability to heal. So make sure you're in the right department with that. You're not just buying a laser, right? But lasers, amazing pulsed electromagnetic wave frequencies help tremendously with free radical damage being decreased. Sleeping on an earthing pad. I don't know if you've ever heard of earthing or not, but um, this is amazing too. It's quantum physicist that I know his name is James Oshman and his partner and colleague in making this is Clint Ober. And they created this material basically that's conductive that you put on your bed. And when you sleep at night, it basically gets your circadian rhythms to be back to normal. It decreases cortisol in your body, which is the number one thing that happens when you work out a lot. You get that lactic acid and cortisol increase, right? And then you work out to decrease that cortisol. So it helps do that. And it helps to repair the body's tissue as well, the collagen fiber synthesis. So what it is, is it's just a conductive mat that pulls in the frequency that is naturally on the face of the earth called the Schumann frequency. And it neutralizes your body and helps you to heal. So it's simple. It's easy. It's, I mean, if you could run barefoot in the Serengeti like they do in Africa, you'd, you'd, you know, <laughs> you'd, have this, you'd have access to this all the time anyway. But most of us live in the city and don't, really can't get our feet on the earth as much. So that helps repair tremendously too. That's awesome. And then, like, like I said, it's just one thing I don't know. And I know you, you gave your advice on that. Can I ask your thoughts on this? One of the other things, selfishly, right? So uh, avoiding injury or running through injury for me, the other mental thing, right? We go back to a little bit of the competitiveness, right? I think the other thing too is like, I think what you are saying is more also for longevity, which I think sometimes I need to consider. I think I'm so focused on the moment, which is bad, right? Because yeah, I'm like, right, if I take two days off, let's say for a tweaked, I'm just saying for a tweaked ankle, something, right? If I take two days off and do some kind of therapy or heat or whatever, ice, well, when I get back on in three days, I'm going to be slower. I'm going to have to make up for the three. Like it's, I know this sounds crazy, but there's that little part of me that just doesn't sometimes want to go backwards. Right. And I feel like that's what sometimes an injury does, but everything you're saying now going backwards now, and this is the crazy thing about athletes who were at a high level, right? Do do you want to be able, like when I, I am not jealous, but when I see runners out there that are 60, 65, 70, I'm like, wow, that's amazing. Right. And I think the ultimate goal is to be that age and to be able to be physically fit. You know what I mean? And pushing yourself so much now you're hurting that chance. Yeah, no. And that's exactly what I was just about to say. I mean, the guys that are the pros, the true pros, think of like a UFC fighter. You know, they get to beat the crap out of one another, right? Well, they have an entire team of guys that basically help them to heal like Wolverine, mm-hmm. you know? And so the average Joe athlete who's out there and has the mindset that you do where you're like, okay, well, you know, if I do these therapies, then, you know, it's I'll be off for two days and I'll be slower. Well, you don't do the therapies and you're necessarily off for two days. With the kind of technologies I'm talking about, like hyperbaric oxygen therapy, 
laser, like I said, mm-hmm. PEMF, stem cell patches that you can wear that help you to repair, you know, while you're actually still physically active. If you utilize what nature and technology have to offer, offer yeah. your downtime decreases exponentially. Wow. Yeah. And your recovery and repair increases exponentially. So yes, you do need to get into the mindset of, you know, being in the now and being part of what your body is capable of and wanting to, you know, be at peak performance all the time. You, ha- you have to recognize that that isn't something that you sustain. Like there's a season to athletics. No. Even, you know, somebody like Serena Williams, right? You amp up to get to those races, right? And then you get there and you stay there for a bit and then you chill down and come down again. If you don't go with the seasons of the year and the seasons of your events, and you're just constantly at peak all the time, that's what burnout happens. Right. Your body is not designed to run as an engine like that all the time, especially if you're not giving it the right nutrients, especially if you're not doing any of the repair stuff that I was just talking about, and especially if you're not taking care of your gut and the kinds of clean foods that you're eating. Now, mm-hmm. you add in those factors and, and not paying attention to those factors too, you haven't got a chance. Right. I'm just telling you right now, you have no. not got a chance to have that longevity factor. You have got to, this is a constant lifestyle. I'm glad to hear that. That's awesome to hear. Kind of moving on, let's keep going. So you, we talked about the cold laser, all that. Now, obviously our company, we do, I don't like the word supplements. I think sometimes I, um, as we kind of come to the fourth quarter of the conversation, I'm not a fan of the word supplements because I'll tell you about us. I know you might not know a lot about 6AM Run, Dr. Grace, but like for us, every ingredient we use, right, is an FDA approved ingredient right? Like the ingredient itself, like the FDA, you can sell it in a grocery store and it's approved by the FDA. Mm -hmm. But obviously when you Mm -hmm. combine them, then it becomes the word, the definition supplement. And obviously FDA does not condone, not condone, but FDA does not back support and approve supplements, right? Right. But for us, for example, right? We talk about recovery. One of the reasons I started 6am run and we try not to talk about 6am run, but I want to get your opinion on supplements as it's in your bio amino acids, natural green tea caffeine, instead of like the soda and sugars and Mountain Dew, right? It sucks that FDA won't approve us, for example, but we know you need amino acids, like our 5,000 milligrams of amino acids in our recovery formula, right? Like that's equivalent to eight, 12 ounce steaks, right? You're not going to go eat that much steak. I don't care how much meat you love. You know what I mean? And your body if you're running a marathon, it's going to be depleted, these amino acids, and you need that hydration, you need all the electrolytes. So kind of coming where we come from, are you similar in your supplementation? What are your nutritional thoughts? Yeah, supplements are a huge part of my life and my practice, honestly. And I'm as militant about them as I am about clean food as well. And the funny thing about supplements and, and the whole government agencies that are surrounding regulations and everything with it. It's, it's just so skewed and so impossible to look at with a clear lens because generally everything we're looking at is based on big pharma, first mm-hmm. and foremost, having an impact on how things are even being talked about in the public. Right. Now, what we see as scientists in the public, in the, in the literature, there's like 3 million studies you can look at on a daily basis through PubMed that a doctor has access to. That's not necessarily what the public has access to or would even be able to understand how to read, right? Yeah. So when it comes to supplements, to me, they have to be pharmaceutical grade. 
they have to be something that is only made in a facility that has the top-notch ingredients that are treated the same way that one would see in a medical or pharmaceutical lab. Because only then can you get the purity that you deserve, but also the dosage at higher levels that your body actually needs for optimal health. I mean, let's face it, when you look at the RDA and what the RDA has given us as guidelines for what, what our bodies need, I don't know how many of you know this, but take like vitamin C, for example. We're supposed to get, I think, what do they say? Um, 50 milligrams of vitamin C a day, something like that. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie, I'm not, I have it off the top of my head. Yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> but what that is, according to the RDA, what they're recommending is, is the least amount necessary before your body gets a disease. Meaning you need at least 50 milligrams so you don't get rickets. Mm-hmm. That's not optimal health. You know, you can go up to 50,000 milligrams. And rickets is what? Rickets is a disease in scurvy that sailors used to get because they didn't have, that's why they put limes on ships, right? You know, it's it's like these degenerative diseases that you get for not having enough vitamin C. So that's what the RDA bases their information on. It's like the lowest possible amount necessary before you get a disease state, which is bullshit. That is not optimal health. And if, if you're running in a marathon, you clearly need a whole lot more vitamin C. <laughs> right to deal with the antioxidant loads mm-hmm. and to deal with um, the free radical loads to deal with repair to deal with brain fight like all of this right so when it comes to supplements they have to be pharmaceutical grade they have to be in dosage that is higher than what one would normally find in most publications that you would see online you know dr google for example that's where when you're really looking at a really good supplementation it should be with the practitioner who knows what they're doing now if when eating foods that have amino acids and things like this in them that you're talking about or you know like um repair powders and things like this i'm adamant about seeing okay well where did you source the food where did you source it from how did you get it where are the raw materials coming from because those raw materials will have a better impact on my body the cleaner that they are wow. so that's that's how i filter through the multi billion dollar industry that is supplements <laughs> there's so much to learn and there's so much to know but you know i just take it back to the core which is what i said earlier if god didn't make it don't eat it right where did it come from how sustainable is it and how well are those ingredients going to interact with your body in the ways that you need them to rather than, you know, building you up or are they breaking you down? I love hearing that. I want to spend the last few minutes. Let's talk more. You've built, um, you've taken this to, you know, you've utilized now, you've embraced health with technology, a website, and it seems like it's an app. Um, I'd love to learn more uh, as we kind of close this out. If you want to give us a last kind of description where people who want to kind of continue what we're talking about and use Mm -hmm. a thing you've created, let's, you know, an app. And I love that we we live in a, we live in a data driven world with apps and technologies, but please tell us about the site and app. And I want to learn more. Tell us about it if you don't mind. Sure, sure, sure. Well, okay. So it's both food tech and health tech Mm -hmm. in combination. It is an augmented reality app assistant for optimal health of the grocery store. Mm-hmm. So I am building it out as we speak. There is, you cannot download the app yet. It is not user available yet. We're still building it out oh, wow. in what's called MVP or, you know, that's we're getting the very first product out to the market. So we need to create it first. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's the stage that we're in right now. We're 
in um, negotiations as we speak with investors, getting our seed funding so that we can scale this out and really get it out there and create the metrics. We do need beta users. So if anybody gets onto my website, I would love for you to just take 15 seconds. Go to Food Fixer. It's F-O-O-D-F-I, capital X, capital R, foodfixer.com. Mm-hmm. Sign up to be one of our beta users because that helps to show traction. It helps to show what we're doing. And basically how it works is there'll be a scanner that you can use to scan the ingredient list. And it'll actually tell you which foods will help to heal your body and which ones are actually toxic and make you worse. You know, I can say trans fat all day long, but what the hell is a trans fat? Right. And how do I identify it, right? Okay, so that's what this is for, to make this a lot easier. So there's that scanner is part of it. And then the other part is, again, I was saying earlier, you tell us your condition or your goal, and we will give you a grocery store list of the exact products to buy so that you can have the results you want with the right foods. So it's the right foods in the right way for whatever condition you may have. Wow. Just from everything you're saying, it's necessary. I think it gives, I think people walk into a grocery store now and one, I mean, you get confused, right? Like you can't walk into a grocery store, see healthy food, bad food all together, right? And even it's funny, like even like a Whole Foods, which I, I'm not saying this in a bad way and I'm not using them to say anything bad, negative, but Whole Foods has unhealthy foods too. You know what I mean? Like. Oh, sure. So to have some kind of direction and have someone be able to say, no, you need boom, 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 get in, get out. That's amazing to me. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, what's really empowering with this is that we we're definitely democratizing this information. So Mm. no matter what or where you're from or what your situation is, you'll always get the grocery store list for free. And then what we're doing is building the list so that people like some people can only go shopping at Walmart or Meyer, you know, versus the people that have all the other grocery stores in between. And then of course, you know, the Whole Foods and and the co-ops on the top of the list. So bringing awareness to what the actual foods are and then routing you to the grocery stores that have them too. So it's a lot like Instacart, you know, if you just get on and you choose whatever store is closest to you and then you can get the foods that you want and you just buy them through the app. And what's really important to me is eventually, yes, we will have a subscription model where we'll give you meal planning and recipe designs. We want to have a, after a while, we will actually want to have a coaching system too, where you can have one-on-one coaching, like we're talking like right now, but to start at the beginning baseline, we are creating an evidence-based single source that anyone can go to and always have information available to you for what it is that you have that's wrong with you and how you should get a food that will help you to, to heal from it. And that period where that is always going to be at the top of my priority list. I love it. So food fixer. Yeah. No. Food fixer. <laughs> we, and please email me. I know we have each other's email now. Please email me the links and everything. Cause when this comes out in a few weeks, I want to put everything in the bio. So people who go back to this episode and, and all that. Dr. Grace, listen, the time just flew. And this was one of the best podcasts I think we've had in a while. And I do thank you for that. So, and, and your wealth of knowledge. And I do, uh, guys, definitely uh, make sure to check out her bio and follow. And thank you so much. And don't stop doing what you're doing. I think that, you know, when you, of course, we all need money to survive and live, but it, you can tell you have a genuine passion for this. So I, I'm happy to hear everything I heard today. So thank you so much and everyone for listening. But thank you, Dr. Grace, and everyone for listening. Thank you. Of course. It's my pleasure. Thanks, everyone.